The Broom Wagon Podcast goes to BCA. This episode is called The Geeks. Hello everybody and welcome to Broomwagon. You will not get there on a road bike. Again from BCA, second and final episode from this year Bike Connection Agency event and it's Road Gravel Spring 2023. Thanks a lot for having me. And this time, yes, it's called The Geeks because we're gonna uh, geek out about a couple of topics that I like quite a lot. First of all, thanks a lot for being here. Listening to my voice is always quite appreciated. Thanks a lot for that. And if you like me, how much I like you, probably now it's time to click and push that follow button, subscribe, I think it's called, and also the little bell that is close to my name. So every time that I go out with a new episode, you will know it. It's quite easy. Also, another thing that we really like is when you people share these links and this episode together with your crew. I mean, I really appreciate if you can do that. Also, this time, that's super nice. Even just in an old school way, go to your email, copy, paste there and send an email, something like, Hi, Lena, I really love this episode because they are nerding about some good topics and I think you're gonna enjoy. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Stefano. You can do that. Maybe you can change a bit the names, but you know what I mean. And... Let's start also from something that I really care. This podcast is independent, but actually I actually really love if you go down below and you can give me a bit more of an extra support. There is a coffee link, drop me some coins, pay me a coffee, and this is going to be quite appreciated. Not a lot of money is needed, just the money for me uh, to still being that independent, pay for some uh, hosts and these kind of bills that the podcaster need to pay at the end of the, not of the month, of the year, actually, so it's even bigger, the bill that you're receiving. I'm not here to talk about money, but other coins can be dropped, actually, in your experience, and as you know, I usually recommend you a charity or an NGO that you can support. One that I really love is called Spot the Dot. I tried to have them on my podcast. A couple of times, let's say, still didn't make it, but it's going to happen quite soon. Spot the Dots is an NGO to um, try to sensibilize the people against or on protecting against melanoma, so skin cancer. I don't want to go super personal here, but actually a guy that was also once in this podcast at the beginning of this podcast, I'm talking about eight years ago, unfortunately, a couple of years ago died because of this, of melanoma or skin cancer. And actually when I was in um, Tuscany, um, it was the first days that I got my skin exposed to the sun and always a 50 protection is super important for me and talking about sunscreen so people please sunscreen it's super important and please do it and also apply it on your skin also below your jersey because i mean the sun can really go through also that and spot the dot spot dot the dot <laughs> sorry uh, actually is the name if you look for it actually the instagram without myself making a mistake spot the dot there follow them on social media and also drop some coins to them. 
back to the episode again, but thanks a lot for the support also to Spot the Dot, the geeks, because this time I sat together with Valeria from Pirelli and Marco from Fulcrum, and we nerd out, actually we, we, we geeked out quite a lot about tires and wheels. Hmm. I'm in the citadel of wheels and tires here today, and actually I'm together with, I mean, people that can tell me about this thing. And uh, we want to talk about something new, something old, some, I mean, something that is actually a bit more complex and beneficial for the two different industries, and a lot of laughs, because, I mean, I think that actually we, we have been having quite some fun here, right? Yes, yes, we had, we had. So far, so good. We also have, riding the, uh, have ridden the bicycle together, kind of. We've been riding bicycle. This place is amazing, so. And we can keep doing it for the next day. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to do it today. So, first of all, whom, I'm, whom am I talking with? Yeah, hi all. I'm Valeria, and I'm product manager for Pirelli Cycling. And? And I am Marco, and I'm product manager for Fulcrum Wheels. Perfect. So, two businesses, two companies that are Italian companies that are actually in the moving part, can I call them the shoes of the bikes? What do you think? Yes, for sure. Definitely tires are the shoes of the, of the bikes. And then the rolling part, everything. I mean, we are saying most of the time, uh, sorry, I don't want to be cheesy, that nobody can really reinvent the wheel, but it's for sure an important piece of the bike. We can't reinvent it, it will always be around it, but we can improve it in terms of rolling resistance, performance, stiffness, so there are actually many improvements that can be done. Perfect, so everybody, as usual, when you're buying a new bike, when you're getting a new bike, everybody would say, it doesn't really make sense to have a new sparkling, super light, quite cool bike if you are not putting really the moving thing and also the real contact point with the tarmac that is not really on point. So that's the evolution, actually, of what you're doing. And we can say that basically you are, I mean, the both of you, you're working with pro cyclists, you're working with, you're really, really strong in the industry. You have been doing this one, this kind of job forever. So probably you know what's the need of the market and you know actually what's the development of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so far, I mean, Pirelli has been uh, back into the cycling market for six years now. We began a few years ago uh, with nothing, with, from scratch, and now we are recognized among the leaders uh, in, in the, for sure in the road cycling, uh, thanks to also to the work with our pros, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, also with mountain bikes, right? There is this team called Villa Pirelli that's... Yeah, in the cross country, uh, recently, last week, they also uh, had a, a really nice uh, race in the Cape Apic. So oh, uh, we, we are doing great also in mountain bike cross country, but also downhill with the canyon. And, and they recently introduced also uh, TF Trek also on the, on the mountain bike side. So we are doing great also on that. <laughs> that's super nice. What about Fulcrum? Uh, currently, we are not in the pro peloton with teams. It was uh, part of a marketing strategy. We are working more uh, locally into communities with some ambassadors, also still with some teams. Uh, like uh, in the mountain bike team, we have the Buff Megamo team that mm -hmm. is uh, on the second season now with uh, Fulcrum Wheels with our Red Zone Carbon. And they are doing quite well. They are very happy with the wheel. We are developing uh, new models together. 
Uh, also, we have some other uh, teams uh, like the gravel team uh, called Enough Cycling. I wanted to arrive there. I mean, you don't need to be a pro in order to bring, first of all, to have... So you are not in a need to be a pro if you want really perfect performance. That's one thing. And on the other side, you don't need to be a pro to stress wheels and tires to the maximum. Yes, yes, definitely. But we're still working with pro athletes, like mm. single, individual, just to get feedback, to, to do some testing and some developmental research. Perfect. So straight to the point, we are here at BCA because you are presenting, both of you, something new. Tell me more about what you're going to let's say, drive into the market or you're already driven into the market for this season? Who wants to start? Yeah, for me, (laughs) it's okay. So basically, uh, last week, uh, we introduced the new version of the P0 Race TLR. So this means that we have uh, replaced the older version with a a newer one uh, whose main focus was to target uh, a better rolling resistance. So the big news in here is that we kept the same overall performances that the previous product had, meaning weight, uh, handling, comfort, and most importantly, puncture protection, which was one of the best uh, topic about the previous version. But we reduced the rolling resistance. So that's the, the main target that we had that was coming mainly from, from the pros. So it w- they were very happy about the product and they were like, if you only could reduce a little bit the rolling resistance, this product would be the, be- the best. And we did it. With um, uh, the, new, the new version coming from the Italian factory, which is why we have brought this new technology uh, to the new product, is coming exactly from the, the Italian factory, in which, uh, as a tire manufacturer and, and, and a factory that now is owned by, by us, we can really, our R&D can really work into processes and products and bring the best made-in-Italy quality that we are able to provide. Technically and nerdly. What changed? Yes, so it's the casing. So the main topic is about an inner liner. So when it comes to tubeless tires, it's not the new, the news itself is not in the usage of the liner because that's been used already in the industry to make tubeless tires, but it's in the composition of this liner. So the compound of which this liner is made is not butyl as it usually is but it's a chemical compound that also have uh, fibers of aramid inside of it, which in the end give two things. On one side, it provides the same air air, um, tightening as a fabric, but on the other side gives to the the tire the suppleness of a rubber liner. So in the end, we had a faster tire. Makes sense, makes sense. It's super fascinating. And then from the tires, let's move to the wheels. What did you present? We are now presenting the new speed, fulcrum speed in 42 and 57 millimeters high. These two millimeters sound funny. Uh, yes, I mean, actually, uh, we are coming from the previous version that were 40 and 55. We now increased the, the height to um, 
42 and 57 because of um, some studies we did we were now we are now able to have a wider rim that uh, allows also to have it um, higher without losing handling but also improving handling mm. because the handling improves up to 17% on the speed 57 compared to the previous generation that is quite a, a big change and affects the the, the riding feeling quite a lot in of course a, a good way and yeah so we basically were able to make it wider to make it higher to make it lighter and so to gain more control more comfort and more speed this makes a lot of sense uh i don't know if you want to go a bit more into technicalities otherwise i will go directly into the experience and maybe we can just link then the technicalities into that so we talked about rolling resistance we talked about suppleness we talked about uh, in your case um having um thicker i would say uh kind of inner uh wider wider, wider. exactly rider is not thicker uh, wider and taller yeah yes wider taller exactly but how all these things that we talked about really then show and then really reflect into the rider experience for both of you. Okay. Yeah, so I want to start by uh, telling you the philosophy behind it because I love it. I think it can lead to where you want to, to go with this discussion. So basically, uh, what we do is we want to offer a, a nice package with our wheels. We are not just focusing on some specific parts of it, but we are focusing on the wheels as a system to deliver uh, the thing that we call um, the perfect riding feeling, the fulcrum riding feeling. So uh, for doing such a, such a thing, it's important that we consider all the parts as a unique system. Makes sense. Something else. <laughs> so, how does it reflect, translate then to, to the ride of the user? You think, I mean, of the ride, um, to the experience of the rider. Uh, I mean, you have a system. Is everything probably a bit more built for um, having more comfort or having more speed or having more? I don't know. Yeah, more comfort for sure, more speed for sure, but also more control. Yeah. Because when you're driving a bike. You need to have control. If you, are, if you don't have that feeling with the bike, that control with the bike, you cannot enjoy your, the ride or you cannot express all your strength or your power or your performances on the bike. So that's how it's reflected on, on the rider. On the rider, yeah. Perfect. And what about actually the, the tires? I mean, we talked about everything that actually is technically happening there. But then... Then I would say that they say that power is nothing without control. Somebody said that. Somebody said that. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more with Marco about that topic because when you have performances, but you need the control to your bike. So in the, new, the newest product that we, we have uh, brought here, uh, what we've seen is that uh, the, the riders will will feel uh, a new sensation on the, on, the, on the driving because the only drawback that we had from the previous version was like it's, it feels that the tire is not following us. So when we are, when we are on the pedals, we feel that it's a little bit slower. That was the key point. So we tried to replicate the, the, the feeling that they had on the 
the clincher plus the, uh, the tubes filling, which was reactiveness, and to bring it to the tubeless, which is not easy because even though uh, the tubeless was faster than the, the, the clincher setup, that feeling in the mind of the rider were like, okay, but I still feel that this is faster in my mind and more reactive. So we wanted to bring this also to the tubeless. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, and uh, yeah, this is probably something that really reacts directly with the user experience and the rider experience. And then also we were talking about control and handling and everything. The more you feel confident on the bike and if, the more the bike feels responsive, the more actually you feel like going to the next adventure or going to the next Grand Fondo or whatever you want to do on the bike. So, perfect. I actually have a lot of topic that actually is bugging me a bit, but I think that actually here we can uh, quite have some conversation and talks about that. Um, is actually the uh, development of new technologies and the production side of it. I mean, we are talking about two different brands and two different companies that are making, and this is the case of Fulcrum, all the R&D directly in-house, testing things directly in-house, and then developing them, and then the production is going somewhere else, while on the other side also Pirelli is doing all the um, R&D in-house, and then also the production is in-house. Being so close to the product, because that's what it is, it's not just uh, drawing something or planning something on a piece of paper and then uh, sending out and hoping for the best. It's really working on changing, how would you call them? You call them usually the marginal gains, in this case of production and user experience. How this, in your opinion, makes the difference? Well, to be honest, the, the coolest part is that having development in-house, but also production, uh, is that you can be super quick in doing changes. You can uh, easily do some development uh, with uh, changing little parts, little details, to get you what I was saying before, that the perfect system, with the perfect combination. So, I don't know, maybe in a new wheel... You can make different tests with uh, adjusting and changing the spoke, uh, changing like the, the tension of the spoke, uh, changing the lamination itself of the rim. So, yeah, it helps a lot because uh, only in that way you can uh, test your wheels, test the wheels you are making, so you know you have the entire control of production and uh, you can evaluate how it reflects, uh, how it reflects uh, when you test it. Makes sense. What about on the rubber side of the word? Yeah, uh, it's mostly the same. So the big advantage is that the R&D is very close to the factory. So like literally 20 minutes from the headquarter. Okay. And being from, uh, I mean, all the people that from the headquarter want to see anything that is on the, uh, on the machines is at their uh, availability. Uh, the other big advantage is on quality. So when you have your production so close and you own all the processes, all the machines that are producing your tires, in the end you raise the, the, the quality level and you can control also the finishing, the final control on the products. It's really amazing on that side. But you have also a little story on how the product that you're presenting here was developed and probably the bigger spin on the 
I mean, the biggest spin on the wheel looks like a bit of a cheap pun, but you know what I mean, was given to the production because of this story and because of this being closed from uh, yeah, R&D and production. Yeah, totally. Uh, for example, we took the advantage of having also uh, other R&D offices close to us, so our R&D guys from the cycling uh, work together with other offices, with people that are working on Formula One tires. I mean, <laughs> those guys know what they do. And uh, the, the big gain was that we took a technology that was already present in other products inside the Pirelli family, and we applied it to, to, the, to the cycling one. So it's something that we couldn't do on, uh, on the suppliers, but, and I, have, I must say we w- didn't want to do because we, we don't want to give away knowledge to the other product makers. Makes a little sense. Marco actually before was talking about system, right? The system, the wheel system that you're setting up. And actually, I think that your new uh, brand claim is form, function, fulcrum. Yes. So form and function work together to make the product. But to add another different layer on that, for sure the wheel is a system, but the wheel as a system works perfectly if into this system we also add tires. How you, I mean, everything about the wheel and everything that actually probably with your kind of machineries and stuff you can test is there, right? But how are you sure that your standards in terms of tires and in terms of wheels are really accomplished by any kind of brand out there of tires or wheels or better, what's the, combina- the best combination between one and the other system, how this full system works in order to be, I mean, how this system has to be planned in order to be perfect? Well, first of all, there are, fortunately, I say, some organizations that take care of, give, of uh, giving you the perfect measurements, so mm-hmm. you are sure it fits. So to make an example, ATRTO is uh, the one that I know for sure that both uh, us and Pirelli are using, and... So far, we always had perfect matches uh, with the Pirelli tires, and we are super happy about that. And using the same system also allows us to really install the tire very easily. You don't even need tools, you don't even need levers to install the tire, and it immediately find its correct place. It goes into position, and it never pops out. We have a perfect matching with Pirelli, and I'm super happy about it. Then, um, yeah, today we're here with Pirelli. I'm not just talking good about Pirelli because of that, but I really believe in it. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I didn't find anybody from Continental here around. Uh, What about you, Valeria? (laughs) Yeah, I I must say that, um, yeah, being so close, I mean, we are both Italian companies that shares a lot of, uh, let's say, knowledge and also the philosophy of... uh, being Italian and put all our best technology on it, the, R- the R&D are working together. Uh, uh, sometimes we, as long as they come out with a new wheel, we test where, or the same happens. If we uh, have new products, we go and give them to them to do some more tests. So it's really interesting how the two products uh, must uh, work together because on one side you have wheels on the other side tire makers and it's not so usual that uh, you have uh, both uh, a brand making both things 
uh, in the end, what uh, I can say uh, other than working, of course, with the Fulcrum guys, we for sure work on also on with a lot of uh, manufacturer because uh, as Marco was saying, we are all on a standard, but the standard is not mandatory for, uh, for, for us. So it's kind of suggestion. And on a safety point, this is still something that everyone inside the organization should work because if we had a very clear and perfect standard, it would be easier for everyone to make uh, com- yeah, products compatible. Because up, up to now, since uh, we have... I won't say hundreds, but a lot of uh, different brands, it's difficult for the tire, for example, to be 100% compatible with all the, the wheels. So on the, the standard point is still something on which everyone has to work uh, on. So because of this combination of tire, in general, different brands of tires, different brands of um, wheels, would you say that actually you produce products that are 100% compatible between each other, everything else, or you have a different percentage, or if you can tell me, there are some products that are more made to make the best match than others. Uh, no, what, what I can say is that if there are producers that produces both um, tires and wheels, which happens, okay? We're not uh, going to name them, but we'll know it. Yeah, but it's... it's not easier, but it's, yeah, it's easier for them to make the tires... 100% compatible. For us, it's, we, we, we do our best to be close, the, the closest possible to 100%, but in the end, it's, it's not possible for that reason, because <clears throat> everyone in the end makes uh, the inner width of the, of the wheel as they think uh, they, it's, it has to be. And we have to adapt with one, only one product. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a huge step for, for our R&D, yeah. What about your take on wheels? Yeah, I totally agree on uh, what Valerie just said. I mean, we are doing our best to be 100% compatible. I feel confident in saying that we are compatible with most of the products out on the market. We really work hard with our R&D to have the tolerances in the production uh, like as tight as possible, we really look forward to have it perfect with the with the ta- with the size with the clear, and we are. I'm confident to say that we are very, very close to what uh, what is the clear. Very close, like for example, on a 700C on 622, there is just a 0.1, 0.2 percentage of tolerance in it. So it's, um, I mean, yeah, it's pretty tight to be compatible with everyone that's super nice let's go on a couple of topics that are pretty hot into the wheel slash tires no wheel and tires word tubes and tubeless i know people that we are talking most of the i mean i think the last year we talked also about that but i mean i'm talking here with two brands pirelli came out actually with a new um tire that is tubeless 100%. 100%. And on the other side, we discussed about that yesterday, probably, Marco, and we said that actually your wheels are native tubeless, or, yeah, native tubeless, or tubeless native. Probably yeah. it's the other way around. <laughs> um, what's your take on that? What do you think about that? Where's the word going, or where the word should go? 
and talking about bicycle weight. Yes, so as you were saying, uh, we are tubeless compatible, but native tubeless compatible because our wheels uh, don't have holes in, um, in a rim width. Uh, so we don't have holes, you don't need any tape. Uh, you can immediately install a clincher or a tubeless as you prefer. And uh, there are not going to be any leaks because of uh, a bad tubeless tape uh, or because of other mm, standard uh, things that doesn't happen with our products, actually. Uh, so we, we like to, to let the people decide what they prefer because, of course, yeah, in terms of performance, tubeless is actually a super great thing. We have um, a better rolling resistance, a better comfort, a better reaction to, to the spinning of the wheel, so um, a better reaction on asphalt, of course, too. But um, I don't want to force people. If someone says that he's not, uh, he doesn't feel totally safe about it, okay, there are other options. There are um, the, the smart tubes, uh, there are the standard tubes. Um, so basically, it always depends on what you want to do. If you want the maximum performance, I do recommend the tubeless setup, of course. But you, we don't put limits on you, and actually, you can pick what um, it makes you feel the, the ride uh, happier, safer, or whatever you want to feel when riding. I think we're all different, and we all need to be happy when we ride. Absolutely, absolutely. What about the tired side of the world? Uh, yes, yeah, so we see uh, as well the, the work going as more tubeless uh, year on year, especially because uh, wheels are also going wider. Mm-hmm. And going wider, <clears throat> uh, at the end, we, it means that you have more air inside between the, the rim and the tire, and it makes much more sense to have uh, a, a tubeless construction because it's... It gives you in the end uh, more suppleness, uh, and in the end, it's faster. So the only drawback that sometimes consumers are seeing on the tubeless is the presence of the the sealant uh, or the tape. But in this case, there is no ne- even no need to put the tape. So you just bring, uh, you just take your tire, take your wheels, just put a little bit of sealant, and that's it. So I don't see it as a, a drawback. It's not. So, so difficult to, to do. Uh, some old-fashioned people are still using tubes, uh, which... You're talking about me, actually. No. I'm an old person. I'm an old-fashioned person. I'm on tubes all life, but just because I'm lazy. And yeah, I'm... that's the point. The other point is laziness. So yeah. it's super easy to dismount a tire, just change the, uh, the, the tube. You don't have to get... Like dirty or whatever, it's super fast. So in the end, I get also that point. And by up to now, still the solution is uh, lighter. So if you take a clincher type with plus, for example, TPU smart tube. In in our case, the solution is lighter, not faster. Definitely not faster. So uh, the tubeless still wins. But if someone is going for the lowest level of the weight of the bike that's the solution so perfect so we were talking about laziness because we were talking about me the main laziness for me point is 
I mean, I'm talking personally really here. Um, hopefully also somebody else on the other side on the other side of the headphones is actually feeling the same, so we can get, tell them a couple of cents on that. But actually for me, the main source of laziness is not the sealant, oh. but the seating of the tubeless tire. Uh, I don't know, but because I'm lazy and everything like that. And I have in mind that actually this is the case happening because of these new technologies and this new technology that is called hookless. Okay. What's your point on hooked, I would say hooked, yes, yeah, hooked. rims or hookless rims? Maybe yeah. we can start with, with your side. Okay, yes, we can start definitely. So, first of all, we are using uh, both hookless and hook technology. It just depends on the, the target of the users because uh, we, are stick, we, we stick to hook when it's road, then we go with hookless when it's mountain bike because it's all a matter of um, how much pressure you, wanna, you need inside your tire because with hookless... You can go very high with pressure. There is a high risk of the tire to, to pop out. And while with hook, you are totally safe. You can inflate, we declare seven bar. You can inflate up to seven bar and there is no risk of it at all. Plus uh, with hook, you have a full compatibility with, uh, with every tires out in the market. So just uh, it reflects our um, philosophy about uh, the, the, the full compatibility that we were talking about before. Uh, moreover, we have another option that is on gravel. So on gravel, we offer the mini hook. That is uh, halfway. Uh, basically, you have to follow the ATRTO charts of, uh, hookle- of uh, hooked rims. So you have the, still the full compatibility, but you have um, a smaller hook, actually. So you can ride with both high pressures or low pressures. Perfect. Then... What's your then relationship within uh, this hooked or not hooked? Yeah, it seems that then the the fault relies on the tire maker usually. So yeah, exactly. Uh, so you are basically the guilty ones. No, yes, we we are not take picking sides because our tires are uh, both compatible, being mounted on hookless or hooked rims. Uh, on hookless, the only rule that we need to follow, but the consumers also need to follow, is to, to pick up 28 up sizes. Mm-hmm. But that's because of the standards. So it's the standard that says that the 26 is generally not allowed to be mounted. Uh, but from a very consumer point of view, the big issue that we are seeing right now is the maximum bar problem. That's why uh, sometimes... There are people that do not know about it, and the standard says that even though you are, uh, like, I don't know, 90 kilos and you would like to have higher pressure, you have to set it to the five bars. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the rule, and that's how you have to mount it uh, if you want to go with the hookless, Uh, which sometimes is... uh, it's a problem from, for, for some uh, users because they do not know the regulation. Yeah. We write it on, on the packaging. We try to do our best to communicate, but also uh, I don't know how many people really look into the instruction. I mean, all the nerdy will, but sometimes people that are not like that, they just uh, mount them and do not and inflate them. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's still something that has to be 
it recalls the, the, the previous argument that we were talking about. So as long as we don't have a very common standard, that would be the rule. If in some years we will see that the ISO or the ETRTO standards will get to a final decision on what to do with wheels, and with the, that part, it would be easier also for, for tire makers to, to adapt and to have tires that can go up, upper than five bars regulation. The one of actually the standards is a topic that is really, really interesting because mm-hmm. for sure it's affecting a lot of parts of bikes, <clears throat> bottom brackets, but of course also the tires and the wheel side of the world is happening. It's really tricky there to move around. But how do you, th- I see, how is the situation at the moment? At the moment, you have something like not regulations, but just suggestions, recommendations, right? Yeah, and is. you can follow them or not. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you said already, actually, Valeria, what could be uh, the best way of moving forward. But uh, I mean, uh, we see it in the, in the automotive because we are part of mm-hmm. a company that works with the ATRTO also for motorcycle and car. So they have set a standard. And uh, in that case, you are able to go, for example, fully tubeless tires because there are no tubes inside cars and motors for years or ahead. Uh, <laughs> and uh, on the other side, makes the, the engineers work only on the bead and they will, they will be able to, be fo- to focus only on that area and create 100% compatible tires with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have any take on uh, the standards, Marco. Well, uh, to be honest, it's really helpful. Also, when you are talking to other clients, uh, that can be, of course, uh, final end users or um, big uh, bicycle manufacturers, because when you talk about them and you say, okay, these, um, we can relate this product with this uh, classification, with this standard. I'm not talking only about ETRTO, but also about other categories like ISO or ASTM. It's going to be way easier also for them to pick one of your products because uh, it's declared um, the way you have to use that product. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. The last topic that I want to touch base and is a bit more, I mean, let's say a bit less consumer experience level but it's a bit more consumer feeling related and it's sustainability it's a huge topic on the tire side on the wheel side on the construction side at the end of the day we were having this conversation before you were telling me at the end of the day you can work in the cleanest industry of the world but you're still producing something but how Pirelli and Fulcrum is moving in, uh, in the direction of uh, yeah, being a bit more sustainable and try to give a huge hand and a huge help to this our old world uh, yes from the Pirelli side so as a company so I'm talking about the, the corporate part of, of, the, of the company we are scoring among the leaders in the climate change and uh, uh, I mean my, uh, among the leaders fighting the climate change sorry absolutely <laughs> Because, for example, as you were saying, in the end you're producing a product and one of the main raw materials when you do, uh, when you do tires, it's the rubber, the natural rubber. Even though at the moment uh, the percentage nowadays of the rubber, the natural rubber in tires has dropped a lot, we do have a very 
uh, strict rules on our suppliers and the supply, all the supply chain, the farmers and the companies that are working with us are very, uh, have very strict regulation on it. Um, and that's why we score uh, among the leaders in uh, fighting against the climate change and also, I would say, also among the leaders in the tire-specific uh, industry. Uh, that uh, that is a, the general um, feeling philosophy that the company is bringing uh, in, into the industry, and that will be also applied also for for our factory in Italy. You can imagine that this factory uh, is really inside of a, of a of a city, so it's very close to Milan, very close to the um, to the houses of people that are living there. So one of the main topic when we decided to 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 bring back production in that that side was not to uh, disturb in the sense of uh, like sounds, but also the smell of the of the tires that are um, you produce when you vulcanize a tire. Yeah. They couldn't go outside. So this means that, for example, we have a specific uh, air controlling system that. Sucks up <laughs> the the part that is uh, is not allowed to be breathed by people, and then gets out with the clean air. So when you go to the factory, you don't feel anything—a smell of a of a rubber. In uh, yeah, it's it, it's crazy, but it has to be like that. I mean, if you want to live and have a factory in Italy in 2023 that has to be like that. It's quite revolutionary because, I mean, the first thing that, that starts into your mind, and, I mean, the imagination that you have is actually the smells of rubber, vulcanized rubber, and uh, it's, excluding it's it completely. Pretty, it's, it's pretty hard. It's a, a very bad... Usually it's a bad smell. I have people that say, no, I like it. Yes, <coughs> you liked it for five minutes, but then if you imagine that you have to work there, uh, the old day and smelling it's not so... Not good. Absolutely. What about yeah. the uh, fulcrum then? How is your, yeah, what's your practice there into the sustainable production? Yeah, actually, as you said before, uh, sustainability is a big topic. Maybe we can also say it's the topic. We can't take any, any decision without taking it into consideration. Um, as fulcrum, like, uh, we are moving towards removing plastics and non-recyclable materials from our packaging. Yeah. Uh, so we're switching to cardboard and other sustainable materials. It's a process that we started a few years ago and we are, of course, still working on it. It's not easy, but yeah. we really care about it and some things have, uh, have been done already. And also we are making, for example, our workplace more eco-friendly, starting a sustainability team operating to reduce carbon footprint in offices and in production. And also we encourage uh, the um, green commuting, so bike sharing, bike commuting, or car sharing for, uh, for all the people of, uh, of Fulcrum. Last but not least, uh, we stick to the belief that a product has to last. Absolutely. We know that uh, the single elements composing a wheel aren't always recyclable. But our products are designed to be reliable and to last for years. So really, when you have a product that is uh, well-made, it will last for ages. When you have um, something that is specifically designed um, to be a system, as we said before, it will really uh, last and you can rely on that. 
for always. So my, my last word would say, buy less, write more. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. And this actually is a value for a lot of things. Also for, I mean, clothing and everything. Clothing, yeah. Clothing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, people. I wanted also to go and touch base also on some a bit more nerdy topics, something like the compound of tires or something like the, um, how is it called? Cup cones of the <laughs> of the wheels, yeah. but this is a, this has been really a hot topic in those days here at uh, at BCA. But no, apart from that, maybe we can go this we can go into this conversation in front of uh, a good, I mean, a good cup of coffee. But I think that actually we went through a lot of super good things, and it's so good actually to breathe this refreshing kind of air, not talking about rubber smell, uh, because actually this is something like innovation is going and actually pushing every time the last mile further in order to have the best system for tires and wheels because these are really, I mean, the moving parts of the bike and that's super great. Thanks a lot, people. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for riding. Exactly, let's go eat and let's go ride. Yes, actually that day we went out and we rode bikes. Fun fact, I interviewed Marco and Valeria and we talked quite a bit also at the dining table, but we have never ridden bikes together as today. That's something that we had to fix. Starting back, we went out riding bikes, but I didn't ride any Pirelli or Fulcrum on the same day of that BCA. It was the last day of the BCA event. So, I mean, this doesn't mean that I've not ridden at all Fulcrum or Pirelli. I did it on the first day while I was... Let's talk about the first day. Marco, what am I trying? You are trying our Rapid Red Carbon. This is our top-level carbon um, gravel wheels. Uh, it features a 25mm inner width and the rim height is 30mm. And the particular shape of it is it, uh, it's um, made to contrast the torque force. So in the front wheels, of course, uh, uh, the torque force comes from the, um, the disc and in the, um, the rear wheel from the drivetrain. So you have this particular S shape, we call it, and this asymmetry. That's super nice. So what can I do with it? You can do every kind of gravel you want. And those are made to respond uh, perfectly to, to the gravel needs. So I will see. I will see. I'm going to let you know. That's it, Marco. Thank, Thank you. you. I spent basically the full afternoon uh, riding the YT Scepter. Freaking Reaper. I'm going to let you know more about that because I think I'm going to ride that bike every day from now on. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. And uh, yeah, I got this one though today from the um, Fulcrum people. So I tried some of their uh, wheels. Uh, yeah gravel wheels with the Cinturato Pirelli tires. Of course, everything was super nice. Wheels and, uh, I mean, shoes-wise, I mean, a lot of traction uphill, amazing traction also downhill. As soon as you put a bit of pressure, you are ready to jump. You can really go on steep uphills and uh, really bumpy downhills. Ciao! And, uh, I had so much fun, really so much fun. Spend the first part riding with the Komoot people, um, Daniela, Rob, and Andrea, the classic lovely people from Komoot, I love them. And then the other way, 
I was actually coming up with two mountain bikes, Nicola and what's the name of the other guy? Giacomo, I think. And uh, we came out in a super steep uphill on road. Nothing to remember. But then coming down on some trails was just amazing. I We split ways because with the mountain bike they went on a bit of a gnarly trail. I went a bit on a low one. I don't know if I could, I could do it, but probably could have been possible. I'm gonna have a shower, go for dinner, and tomorrow again, riding bikes, plus talking with awesome people. Let's see what's coming, but a repair. I mean, I'm in love. I have to be completely sincere. YT Scepter. I'm completely in love. Gravel is my love, and you can really hear it from the vibes of my voice. That scepter. That scepter. Yeah, um, wheels and tires were amazing, but... Oof. Second day, though, I went out with my second love for now. That is actually road cycling. And there I tried again some fulcrum and Pirelli combinations. I just came... I mean, it has been a bit lazy podcasting today, but super, super, super active riding bikes. We have kind of a tradition here. We have to go out all together. Myself, Felix, Nicola, and whoever wants to join, going out for the longish ride on a road ride. And we did it, and it was amazing. And we went up to Massa Marittima. We did it, and it was amazing. And also we tried some uh, new fulcrum wheels, right? Absolutely. Hi, Nicola. Hi, guys. Ciao, Stefano. Uh, yeah, we tried the new Speed uh, 42, actually. Uh, there's also the 57 version for the more more aero guys around. Uh, new product, a new generation of Speed, so the top of the range for uh, for our road cycling category. Um, so we say wider, higher and lighter because... Uh, it's what it is. So higher profile, two millimeters more than the previous generation. Uh, wider inner rim width, 23 millimeters, so quite modern. Um, and design around a 28 tire, so for the best aerodynamic solution. Uh, and but lighter, actually. So minimalistic cab, uh, no decals. I mean, it's better probably of. Uh, half a gram but uh, still something uh, metallic look uh, nice Swiss actually what do you think? it's super sweet <laughs> I mean for sure I mean I was also riding a bike that is kind of the uh, high specs I would say of the words I mean it's uh, Colnago C68 with super the super EPS <laughs> exactly EPS it's I mean I don't want to talk about money but you know what I mean and I think that actually these wheels on top of it were just the perfect fit because I mean comfortable light as soon as you actually push a bit the pedals the reaction is super quick yeah, it's, I mean, and actually I was making a test, I was talking with somebody here yesterday and they were telling me, yeah, I just try to just beat, accelerate, push a bit the pedals and then let don't push anymore, let it go and see that actually it will never stop. Exactly. It's what I felt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, we have some very nice uh, USB ceramic bearings, uh, super reliable and and old technology, but uh, still uh, um, super, super good for performances. Uh, so cap and cone bearings, uh, super smooth, uh, and you can just let the bike go and uh, 
it goes. <laughs> it does, it does. And actually, I don't know, but it feels also super solid, rock solid, and quite super stiff and precise. So it was a nice ride. Yeah, stiff but not nervous. I mean, <clears throat> we try every time to find the correct balance between reactivity, stiffness, but the, the good stiffness, not the bad one. So uh, you're not scared of uh, using them. So you enjoy, you, you feel also more powerful in some way, more uh, stronger rider. Um, but uh, still uh, very enjoyable. Yeah, I needed to feel a bit stronger because, I mean, <laughs> it was also a problem of my pedals, actually, hopefully today. Yeah, absolutely. SPD pedals on road bikes. I'm so That's ashamed. Shame. <laughs> ashamed. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Samuel was also part of the ride. How was it? Uh, it was a really good one. I mean, the, the kind of roads that we have here with uh, little climbs, uh, little twisty roads uh, with uh, a little bit of good surface and bad surface, I think is a pretty good variety to, to enjoy the technical side with the tires. But let me say also weather and no traffic. I mean, it was a good, uh, good experience. It was, it was. Actually, yeah. What tires I was using, by the way? Uh, you were on a new tubeless uh, P0 race, uh, which just uh, been just released. Uh, I think you were on a 30. Uh, I think it's 28. 28, okay, perfect. Uh, on a 28, so the the point was uh, it's all about the new casing construction, which gives which gives more flexibility to the casing. So you should have felt compared to the old one at least uh, a more supple feeling. Super supple. I mean, the suppleness was pretty clear on point, sticky on the on the down, especially on the on the road during the down, especially and. Uh Let's try not to drop the phone. Uh, a Cory arrived. You can listen from the noise that he's making. But yeah, I mean, super supple, sticky, super sticky on. Uh, I mean, sticky in a good way. I mean, I feel super safe on going downhill and everything. Even if I'm quite of a brick on the downhills, but yeah, I mean, the comfort was extreme and also I don't know the trust that I can give to these tires. It's super extreme. Yeah, it's actually a good point that you mentioned because you achieve basically this, the feeling of the stickiness by the rubber compound on the outside, which actually didn't change from the old one, mm-hmm. uh, which is also where you get the, the grip, uh, pure chemical grip and the rolling, but also the way the casing conforms to the ground, which is about the flexibility of the structure. Okay. And this is regardless to what rubber you put in contact with the, with the, with the ground. And that's where we, the, we worked uh, on this tire. I mean, uh, it's identical in terms of, of thread pattern as well as rubber on the on the tread itself uh, but it changes completely the way it's constructed inside which gives this extra flexibility which you can feel then you can measure on the machine some uh, of the parameters like rolling is a lot better but then also the feeling uh, which is more about the handling and the comfort changes because the tires deflect more absolutely absolutely uh, you were also riding some of the new Pirelli race TLR or actually I was on a 30 uh, of the tube type version of it okay. so I was on a very similar casing but not uh, let's say worked with uh, with the tubeless construction which is uh, all, all about the news uh, but in terms of nylon itself which is used is the same thread pattern and rubber again they're the same so I was basically on the same tire but in tube type version that would be actually a nice comparison to do as well because you, are, you have a one to one comparison between the exact same thing in tubeless or not I told my I have actually on my 3T I have the four season tubed 
Yeah, for season, which is also something new that we are uh, presenting here, which again is based uh, on the new development which we have done for the race TLR. So let's say the summer uh, version. So the the speed car, that's the marketing, fancy marketing name we gave <laughs> yeah. to it. We try to let people understand that it's all about the the speed that you get out of the tire. Uh, the four season has been updated with the same construction, which allowed us to change the rubber compound on the outside in this case, because the four season is more supposed to be used in uh, harsher weather condition like cold, colder weather or um, uh, wet uh, surface. So actually, the rubber on the outside in that case has been changed. But normally, the rubber, which is more sticky on the wet and cold, is also slower. So it's again thanks to the more flexible casing, which is faster, which we could compensate with a stickier rubber. Perfect. Uh, let's talk quickly about tire pressure. We talked about the 30 uh, tubed, and we are talking about the tubeless 28. Maybe if we compare uh, one by one, so 30 and 30, but tubeless and tube ready. Yeah, that's actually a point that we 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 talked about a lot in a webinar that we have done because it's one of the hottest uh, topic. I mean, by construction by having a tube you have a more rigid uh, um, structure overall so the, the pressure has to change uh, of course uh, normally you tend to ride higher pressure with a tube because you want to avoid pinchlets but in reality you come out uh, with a, a stiffer a stiffer um, setup so you have a harsher feeling usually with the tube which is actually something that uh, some kind of riders like because the the riding feel more uh, snappy let's say, I mean, when you accelerate, you go out of the pedals, the tire uh, feels more uh, rigid in a good way, if that's what you you like. Uh, so we see that happening with the Pro, uh, for example. Some of them, they especially the climbers, which they sprint a lot of the time uh, out of the saddle, they like a snapper feeling. But overall, uh, for the average rider, but in general, for the energy that you take out from the tire, that means uh, how... Uh, our power you have to push on the pedal for the same speed the tubeless is actually better and runs at lower pressure yeah uh, it's also more comfortable exactly so it comes uh, a better comfort it comes uh, a better rolling comes a better grip altogether less puncture i mean uh, more mileage all comes together the only drawback to be honest is the setup which is a, is a bit more tricky because you have to deal with the latex uh, not to get too much dirt and, but once you get used to that there is no reason to go not to go to tubeless if you ask me Okay. But also in terms of pure measurable performance, that's the case. Thanks a lot, Simon. You're welcome. <laughs> and the Academy Award for the most geek of the bunch goes to... Samuel, you won it. Sam, you were super amazing on describing everything about the compounds of the Pirelli, but also Nick, I have to say. Yeah, you made an amazing work describing this fulcrum wheels at their best it was nice it was nice i really love actually to have this kind of conversation with people that know a lot about cycling and also a lot about technicalities about cycling and uh, i would say that actually those two days were fully focused exactly on these products and they had a lot of fun and uh, i actually swear as well that i will never do this sh shaming things anymore I promise here in front of everybody, I will never ride again, 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 any road bike with SPD pedals. Whew, I said that. 
Perfect. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening until here. And if you stayed here with us, you know that actually you can drop some coins at the coffee link below. It's really appreciated to keep this podcast independent. You can support Spot the Dot. Again, Spot the Dot. Find it on the Instagram and everything is going to be amazing. And you can share this episode or just comment or do whatever you want into your favorite podcast app. And also another thing that you can do is actually send me a message or whatever, or just a feedback to Calamaro CC or the Broom Wagon podcast on the Instagram. BCA episodes for the spring gravel road, the other way around. Road, gravel, spring 23, they finish here. If you liked it, you know what to do. And people, talk to you soon.